Do me a favor. Say, he is the light. He is the light. We were in a series, a Christmas series called Light of the World. And I, I thought to myself, we can't go through an entire Christmas series and not hear the Christmas story, right? I mean, you've got to hear the Christmas story, the biblical Christmas story. This is what I want to bring to you today. And I'll tell you that there's four guys that kind of wrote down what they saw and heard about Jesus. Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We call those the Gospels. Uh, don't let the word intimidate you. It just literally means good news because Jesus is all about good news. He is good news. And, but they're different. So when it comes to the Christmas story, when it comes to the birth of Jesus, only Matthew and Luke really unpack that. Mark and John, I don't know. They, they, they don't, Mark, Mark is, Mark's probably like similar to me. I probably resonate with his gospel because his, his the shortest gospel and it is just blunt force trauma to the point. He doesn't mince words. He doesn't like set it up. He doesn't, there is no, it's just take it. Like, like, Look at, look at Mark 1.1. 1, 1. This will show you. Mark 1.1. 1, 1. This is the good news. This is how he starts. This is the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. He's just like, this is Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's the Son of God. And here's a story. It's like, all right, Mark. What about John? How did he start his? John started his different. He didn't start with the birth of Jesus. He went back way to the beginning. Like, he went back to like, in the beginning, you know, was the word. And he's talking about Jesus. Jesus has existed before he came to earth, right, as a person. That's when he started as a person, but he's always been. So Mark, or John says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and then he says the word was God. And, it, and Mark, so John, here's what's interesting about John. John's is probably the most personal. This is, when you hear, you know, Jesus is the light of the world, that was, John wrote that. It, it's, it, it's so unique. Like when John wrote um, verse which verse uh, John 1, 4. He says, the word Jesus gave life to everything that was created. He gave life to it all. And his life brought life to everyone. Well, everyone would include you. And you. And you and even you that sat in the back. It includes you. It includes everyone. He, he, this is how personal he gets. He goes on to say a few verses later in, in, in verse 12, yet all... Does all include you? Yeah. Does all include me? Yeah. Yet to all who receive him, and then it's like John, John is like, okay, what I'm about to say next, you really need to understand. Like, this is where he gets personal. Like, what I'm, like, like you might be thinking, how can I receive Jesus? I don't get it. And John's like, you need to understand this. Let, let me unpack it for you. And John, in this scripture, he does something that's never been done before. He, he combines two Greek words that have never been combined before. You know, you know how we have different phrases? Like we make up different phrases for different like generations. In the 80s, we had phrases. In the 90s, we had phrases. Today, we have phrases. Like I shared, I think it was a few weeks ago, I shared that my son Jake and I were looking at something, some video. And Jake looks at me, he's like, Dad, that is so dope. And I'm like, that dope? There's nothing to do with dope in here. And I'm like, Why are you, what do you know about dope anyway? Do we need to have a conversation? What's happening right now? And he's like, no, Dad, it's cool. It's cool, dope. I was like, oh, yeah, dope, yeah. I, know. I just never thought of dope being a good thing, but whatever. So, um, so we make up these phrases. Well, John, he's about to make a phrase, 
a phrase that's never been made before. Again, two Greek words. So he, he takes, if I can find, so John takes two Greek words and puts them together for the first time. The Greek word for faith, which is pisteo, say pisteo. Okay, yeah, you did it. You were speaking Greek. So you, pisteo, he takes that word, which literally means believe. So believe, and then he takes the Greek word for in, that preposition in, and he puts them together for the first time ever. And he says, those who believe in, that was revolutionary. See, and I'm not, I'm not sharing like that information just to show you how incredibly smart your pastor is. I mean, Greek, are you kidding me? But I'm also sharing it because it's relevant to the story. We're going to come back to it. So, so he says, those who receive me, or receive him, those who believe in his name shall be given the right to be called children of God. Is everybody a child of God? I know, that's what most people say. And I, I won't even call you out because I would have said that most times too. The answer is no. And this doesn't sound good because at Christmas you'd be like, oh yeah, everybody's a child of God. No. So he, he says it right here. Those who receive him, those who believe in his name, they're given the right. To, so if they're given the right to become a child of God, that means there must be people that aren't children of God, right? So a child of God is someone who has received Jesus. They believe in. And that's so different from believing that. Because believing that, that was already around, but this, the believing in, like I can believe that stool is going to hold me. But until I get personal, it's always scary to do this. But until I get personal and, and, and step down, now I believe in it. I, I no longer believe that this tool is going to hold me. I, I believe in it because it's doing it. It's personal. Say it's personal. It's personal. So, so we're going to come back to that. So one more thing about John before I start with the Christmas story. John, I, I, uh, in the first week of this series, I said if John were to sum up why he even wrote the Gospel of John, why he even did it, he, could, he would sum it up by giving you one of the verses in John. I think he would give you John 20, 31. This is, if someone were to say, John, why'd you write it down? This is it. He would say, listen, this is all written so that you say me. Yes, may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by, and that by believing you, say me. Yes, may have life in his name. This is so key. John wanted you to know. He wanted you to know that it's personal for you and it's personal for me. This is what he's unpacking. And, he, and you know what? You know what else John would say? It took me and my friends three years to even get it. He would tell you that, you know what? We believe that Jesus was, was the Savior for Israel. But it would take us three years to believe that he was the savior of the world. It would take us three years to believe that he was the savior of our world. That's what he would tell you. See, for almost the entire time that John and Matthew and the others walked with Jesus, they didn't get it. They did not get it. They didn't understand why Jesus came to earth. You could say they didn't understand Christmas. And I wonder who's watching and listening online. I wonder who here today Maybe you've always celebrated Christmas, but I wonder how many people, they believe that Christmas is a good day, that Christmas is an awesome holiday, and even that Jesus came, and that's Christmas, but I'm wondering, do you believe in it? Like, like is it 
personal. Like, I think if John were here, I think John would ask you one question. John, you get one question. What are you going to ask him? And John would say, do you guys believe? Do, do you believe? Not, not do you believe that Jesus is the son of God, that, that Christmas is about him coming to earth. Do you believe in it? I think he would, he would ask, is it personal to you? And I think John would go on to say, listen, if you don't, you know, it's okay because we didn't either. But now it's personal. Now, they, I think he would say, do you, is Jesus your personal savior? Like, do you have your own personal Jesus? Now, somebody just thought of Depeche Mode when I said that. And some of you didn't because, you know, if you're 30 or younger, you have no idea who that is. Yeah, they did a song, your own personal Jesus. Johnny Cash did it too. Marilyn Manson actually did it too. We're covering the whole gamut here. So your own personal Jesus, here's what's cool. I actually have my own personal Jesus. Check this guy out. This is my personal Jesus. I don't know if you have one. I have a personal Jesus. He's actually a bobblehead version, so I bet you don't have that. This is my personal Jesus. He's awesome. I actually gave him a name. You know what I named him? Jesus. What else would I name him? It's Jesus. You don't change Jesus' name. I'll tell you that. This is my personal Jesus. And I, I, I'll ask Jesus questions, and he'll, he'll talk to me, or he'll, you know, at least motion to me. Um, the other week, Jesus and I were in, uh, going for a drive in my car, and I'll use him for different things that I, I, I have questions on. Like, there was a car in front of me that was driving way too slow, like, probably at the speed limit, but still, way too slow. And I'm like, Jesus, do you want me to ride like the bumper of that car so they understand how slow they're going? And I'll just stare at Jesus and wait for him. He's sorry. He did what he just did now. He shook his head like this. So I had to do it. I didn't want to disobey Jesus. So I got up on their tail and, and did that. So he helps me with stuff like that. And if you're driving the speed limit, do you even know Jesus? That's my question. What's wrong with you? I mean, I, anyway, so, uh, but, but I love having my personal, my question is, do you have your own personal Jesus? See, we're going to come back to Jesus. I'm going to set him right there. I like that. Imagine playing the drums. He's like, yeah, he'd get into it. So, um, so back to John. John would ask you if it's personal to you. And if it's not, listen to me. If you're watching, listening here today, and you're like, I don't know if Jesus is personal to me. Like, I, I believe that he's, you know, God's son, but I don't, I don't know how it really impacts my life, how it impacts my relationship with my husband or my, my girlfriend or my boyfriend or my wife or my kids or what I do for a job or my kid's school or just life and whatever. I don't know that he's personal that way. I mean, believe that he's Jesus, but is it personal? And, and I think John would say to you, just, I'm glad you're here. Keep seeking, keep asking, keep knock, knocking. He would say, we, remember, we didn't get it either. We actually walked with Jesus, talked with Jesus, saw Jesus do miracles, and we didn't get it. He'd say, check this out. We looked into an empty tomb, and we still doubted. That's what John would tell you. He, he, and we still doubted looking into an empty tomb. He would say, we didn't know. We, we thought the enemy the whole time was like Rome. We thought the enemy the whole time was like uh, the political system. It was uh, the religious people. We saw Jesus get on them an awful lot, and that was awesome. But we didn't, we didn't understand who the true enemy was until it was personal. See, what John would tell us is our King Jesus didn't come to invade the world. He came to invade your world. And I could personalize it and say Jesus didn't come to be the Savior he came to be your savior. This could change Christmas for you. I pray it does forever. I believe, 
I believe. This was me most of my life. I've always believed in Jesus. I've always believed in Christmas. We've always celebrated as a family. We got the tree. We got the gifts. We got all the stuff. I'll tell you, in my life, I believed in all of that. It just wasn't, I just didn't have my own personal Jesus. It just wasn't personal. And I wonder if you can relate. I want to give you the Christmas story. But not just the Christmas story. I want to give you your Christmas story. I want to start in the Gospel of Luke. Luke 1, verse 26. If you have the, a Bible, go there. If you have a mobile app, version, whatever, go there. If you don't have either of those, we'd love to give you a Bible and guest services, but we'll put it on the screen. Luke 1, 26. Understand something with Luke real quick. Luke wasn't one of the 12 disciples. He was a doctor. Very science-minded. Very detail-oriented. Very factual. Like, if you read before verse 26, you should. That's some homework for this week. Read uh, Luke 1, 1 through verse 25. You know what you're going to you know what you're gonna hear? Luke is telling you and telling me, listen to me. I've talked to a ton of people. I, I, I've, I've talked to a ton of eyewitnesses. I've seen a lot of things. And I have wrote down what I've seen. I have wrote down what they have told me. This is, he even says, this is a detailed account of it all. In other words, he's saying, I, this ain't no fairy tale. I'm not going to start my gospel with once upon a time. I'm not going to start my gospel with in a galaxy far, far away. No, no, no. I'm going to start with you with, with, I've talked to so many people because I am a doctor and facts matter to me. Science matters to me. And I am writing down facts to you. He says it. You got to read it. It's, it's crazy. But I, I don't have time for that. You do that. I'm going to start in verse 26, the Christmas story. It says in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth is the cousin to Mary, Jesus' mom. She's pregnant for six months with John the Baptist, you might know him as. God sent an angel Gabriel to Nazareth, it's crazy, to the village of Galilee, to the Virgin Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph. Come on, you've heard the story. A descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to Mary and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Mary, I love it, verse 29. Mary, confused and disturbed, rightly so, um, tried to think what the angel could mean. Like, like she's flustered. Right? But it, I, I said before, it's not every day an angel just shows up and starts talking to you. And there's always somebody in the room, normally the weird person, yeah, yeah, an angel showed up and talked to me one time. And my first question is always, were you sober? And seriously, did you just drop acid? I mean, I'm just asking because that probably didn't happen. But anyway, so Mary, it's legit. And the, and the angel tells her right away, just calms her down. Mary, Mary, don't be afraid. For you have found favor with God. In other words, the, the angel is saying, Mary, shh, this isn't bad news. This is good news. Because let's be honest, when an authority figure approaches us or talks to us, what do we assume? I mean, I assume it's bad news, right? Like, like a year ago when a cop was walking up to my door and, and rang the doorbell, I didn't assume like, oh, great, a fellow of the law is at my door. I am sure he brings good news of great joy. No, my first thought was which one of us is going to jail? That's what I thought. <laughs> Where's Jake? I mean, I didn't know. I did not know. And actually, so he says, and he really didn't bring good news right away. He said, hey, your church trailer is on fire in Council Bluffs. I'm like, dang, that actually isn't good news. But it's funny, God, God just has this weird way. And maybe you're going through a struggle today. And maybe you're in a situation today that you see no way out of. God has this way of like using things and turning things around. That burnt trailer 
Actually, through a series of events and people, do you know that, and what we can attribute, that what, what, what we know of, through that trailer burning up and getting stolen, we know at least 10 people through that have given their lives to Jesus Christ. One of them's getting baptized today. I mean, can you get a little louder than that? I said 10 people. My God, are you kidding me? In all things, in all things. So, the, the, the angel says, Mary, you're gonna conceive. You're going to give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. But, but check it out. Mary wouldn't have heard the word Jesus from the angel, right? She wouldn't have heard that, right? Because they're not speaking the language that you and I speak. Now, the Greek word, or Greek, this is awesome. The Greek word for Jesus is a transliteration of the Hebrew word we know as Joshua. So, but, but she wouldn't have even heard Joshua. Do you know why? Because the Hebrew language, there was no J in the Hebrew. And I always think, what if, what if a guy's name is Jay? <laughs> he's, he's screwed, isn't he? It's like, hey, you, no, not you, you, you. I, can't, I don't know your name, but whatever. So, man, I'm just sorry. If your name's Jay, God still loves you. But there's no Jay. So you know, you know what Mary would have heard? Yeshua. Say Yeshua. She would have heard, that's what she would have heard. Yeshua, again, that is relevant. I'm not just showing you Greek to show you Greek. It is relevant. So Mary hears that, Yeshua, and, and you know what Mary would probably think? Because Mary's a Jew. Okay, so, so Joshua, Yeshua. So, so my son's going to be named after an Old Testament hero named Joshua. That's what she would think. Let's, let's continue. He will be, the angel's still speaking to Mary. He will be very great, Mary. He'll be called son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of, of his ancestor, David, one of the kings of Israel. And he, Yeshua, he will reign over Israel forever. In fact, Mary, your son's kingdom, it will never end. And the angel is out. Now, we're, I'm going I'm to transition, pause, and I'm going to take you to Matthew, okay? Because the, the Christmas story is found in both. So let's go to Matthew 1, 18. Matthew 1, 18. Now understand, an angel is going to show up again. But, but I'm showing you a flip side now. The angel is going to show up and talk to a man named Joseph, not Mary. So here we go. Verse 18. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Before marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because, I mean, that always happens, right? So that's what went down. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, he was a righteous man. He didn't want to disgrace Mary publicly, no, no, no. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. And you might be thinking, what? He's going to dump Mary? He's breaking up with Mary? What a jerk. Okay, okay. If someone showed up to you and told you your girlfriend or your wife, you know, she was pregnant, you know, by the Holy Spirit, okay, what would be your next step? Well, I would, I'm, you know, I'm a righteous guy. I would, I would stand by my girl. Okay, whatever. And you have no friends. That's your first problem. So, you know, you would not. Your first, your first step would be to call, make a flight, fly to the next Jerry Springer show to find out who's your daddy, right? That would be your next step. That's what you would do. That, that is not normal what happened. So, so the Bible says, check it out. The Bible says he decided to break the engagement quietly. So I just picture Joseph. It's like, you know, I'm not going to go on social and change my relationship status from engaged to single because everybody's going to know and, and Mary could get in a lot of trouble. So I'll probably just, I think I'll just text her, break up with her in a text. Guys, you ever done that? 
don't raise your hand. You'll probably get punched. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Joseph is texting Mary. Yeah, Mary, you know, it's, it's been real. You know, it's been good. It just hasn't been real good, this whole Holy Spirit thing. I just can't. No, I'm not buying it. And, and he's sending the text. And as he's sending it, verse 20 says, as he considered this, as he's texting, an angel of the Lord, here it is again, appears to Joseph in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, don't be afraid. We've heard that before. Don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife. It's true. The child within her, it was conceived by the Holy Spirit. No joke. And she will have a son, Joseph, and you're to name him Jesus. But again, Joseph doesn't hear Jesus. He hears what? Yeshua. So he hears Yeshua, and Joseph knows Joshua. So this is a big deal. And he hears that. And the angel continues, you will have a son, you're to name him Jesus, for he will save his people. And I imagine Joseph's like, oh yeah, angel, I already, I can take it from here. I know it. I mean, if his name is, if his name is, is Yeshua, Joshua, I know he's going to be, he's, he's going to save his people. He's going to save his people from oppression. That's what he's going to do. If that's his name, he's coming to set us free. I know that angel and the name, by the way, the name, it makes total sense. Yeshua, I love that you picked that out. Like Mary wanted, you know, Braxton or Dylan. Or, but I thought, no, it's got to be something different. And I love that you picked Yeshua because, because Joshua, he was, he was a warrior. The Messiah is a warrior. The Messiah is a conqueror. He's going to be like, I know who you're talking about. I already know you're talking about Joshua. The guy way long ago that led our people, the Israelites, from the desert into the promised land, in to conquer the other cities. And he, he conquered them and he took them over. Yes, he's going to be like that angel. My son, Yeshua, he's going he's to overthrow Roman and Israel's going to be great once again. And the angel's like, are you done? <laughs> and Joseph's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry, get carried away. Go ahead and finish. Yeah, he'll save his people. And the angel's like, yep, he will save his people. From their sins. And Joseph's like, what? From our sins? Well, that, that's not the issue. What? Our sins? The issue is the enemy. You should know this. You're an angel. You're right. I mean, God, it's not sin. The issue is, is, is the Rome. The issue is the political corruption, the government. That's, that's the issue. The issue in 2020, it ain't sin. The issue this year, you know what it's been, COVID is the issue. Now this vaccine, I don't know what to do with it. That's the issue. And you want to talk, you want to talk corruption? You want to talk government? The freaking election, that's the issue, right? The cover-ups, that's the issue, right? All the, all the conspiracy, that's the issue, right? It isn't it's sin, if you want to talk sin, look at the Romans. I mean, they're, they're jacked. They're the sinners. Talk to them. But, but, oh, and by the way, angel, if you want to talk about sin, we've already got a system in place. You should know this. You're an angel. We have a system in place to take care of our sins. Every, every, every year we travel 80, 90 miles south. We go to a place called the temple. And it's all taken care of for us. We go there. We bring animals to sacrifice. We grab a bird, goat, a cat, and we'll sacrifice it. I'm just kidding. They wouldn't grab a goat. They're cute. Um, so uh, anyway, so we would, we would sacrifice these, these animals, and we're good for another year. The, you want to talk sin? It's the Romans. 
They're the issue. They're the problem. The angel continues, or the, the story continues. But when Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord commanded. He took Mary as his wife, because after all, when an angel shows up and tells you to do something, you do it. So he does that, and now we transition back to Luke. Back to Luke 2. Now, at this point in the Christmas story, Mary, she's, she is showing. And because she's showing, there's a lot of people knowing. And, and uh, like, she is, a, she's very, what did they say, prego? I don't know if that's even appropriate. But she's, she's, ready, to, she's ready to go. And uh, so it would not be convenient for her to get the news that they now have to travel way down south, like 80, 90 miles to Bethlehem. She wouldn't want to do that. I mean, I, I've never been pregnant. That's probably not a revelation to you. But, I mean, but if you have, you ain't, you ain't, she ain't in a car. She's not going to take Uber. I mean, she's going to, it's a camel or a donkey. We picture those. But it very, it very may, well may have been walking. 80, 90 miles would have taken days for her to get there. Very pregnant. Very, probably, maybe not pleasant. I'm just, I'm just saying she's probably not, it, it would be very hard for her to do that. So why would they travel down to Bethlehem? Why are they doing that? It's interesting. The prophecy, like Old Testament stuff, hundreds of years ago said that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. It's funny how God orchestrated it. God, so the, the king of Rome, the Roman emperor, the, the, this is the big dog in charge, was Caesar Augustus. Secular king, uh, Rome is who they hated, the Jews. And, and Caesar Augustus ordered a census. He wanted them to count all the people in all the towns. But in order to do that back then, you had to go back to your hometown, back to where your ancestors for, were from. Well, Joseph, you know, is a descendant of David. David was actually born in Bethlehem. So now, because, of, because Augustus ordered a census, they have to travel back to Bethlehem to get counted. And of course, God knows what he's doing. And God's even using Caesar Augustus to carry out his will. This is why I'm telling you, regardless of what we're facing in this world, as a follower of Jesus, we should never be freaking out, ever. We should never be in panic or in complete disarray like most of the world is. You shouldn't. But what if so-and-so does actually take over? And what if so-and-so is, doesn't get in? Then they don't, I guess. Then, then he does take over. Are you going to completely, you, you think that God's up in heaven? Oh my gosh, if he gets in, we're done. No, God's, God knows what he's doing. And God will use who God wants to use. In scripture, he used Caesar Augustus. And he, he, he had nothing to do with the God that they had. This should give you great peace, actually. To know that your Lord is working behind the scenes right now for you. How does that feel for you? I hope you know that. To, see, some of you, actually what you've been doing is you've been carrying the load yourself. You've been thinking it's all up to me. If I want to get out of the fin financial mess that I'm in, I'm going to have to work things out. I'm going to have to do something. If I want my kids to ever get back on the straight and narrow and quit messing up, I got to do, I got to change them. I got to do something. If I, if I want a relationship, if I want this to work, if I don't want this marriage to end, if I ever want to find a job that I like, it's up to me, it's up to me, it's up to me. If it's all up to you and it's all up to me, that is cause for concern. There is good news. A king is working behind the scenes. Like God is actually moving. He's moving behind the scenes. He's moving when you don't feel it. And some of you, you don't feel it. He's moving. He's moving when you don't see it. And some of you, you're like, I don't see God doing anything in my life. He's moving when you don't see it. And you're thinking, I see no way out. Guess what? When you don't see a way out, that is when God makes a way in. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him. 
This is good news. Say it's personal. Oh, Jesus, we want this to be personal. It's got to be. So, I forgot where I was in the story. But give me just a second, and I will find it. So, yeah, yeah, here we go. So some time passes, and they travel, and it happens. Jesus the king is born in Bethlehem, in that cave, in that manger, just like you've read about, just like you've heard about, swaddling clothes. It went down. It's done. And the first thing, here comes the third appearance of an angel in our story. This time, the angel doesn't show up to Mary. The angel doesn't show up to Joseph. The angel weird the angel comes to the shepherds and why that is so weird why that the the angel the greatest miracle in history up to this point has happened and the angel says i'm gonna go tell mm, shepherds that's strange shepherds were, were very low on the totem pole in society very low considered ceremonially unclean by pretty much everybody which makes sense if you're following sheep around i mean it wouldn't be clean. But it, it just, they, they would be the last um, people that you would think that the angels would ever even waste time with telling about this birth of the king, this greatest miracle, the Messiah has finally come. And this is the story. In Luke, back to Luke 2, 8. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks. Suddenly, for the third time in our story, an angel appears. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. Do you see a theme? Mary, she was scared. Joseph, he was afraid. The angels were terrified. That's why, that's why when anybody tells me, gosh, I really, I really felt, I mean, the Lord showed up to me. The Lord really spoke to me. And I'm like, well, I, well, how was it? Were you freaked out? No, no, I was just so peaceful and calm. I'm like, well, that wasn't Jesus. That wasn't him. I don't know who you're talking to, but it probably wasn't Jesus. Because if God showed up and spoke to you, you'd probably hit the deck pretty quick. That's what they did. They freaked out because it's so, you can't describe it with words. The angels were freaked out. They were scared. But the angel reassured them, just like he did to Mary, just like he did to Joseph. Don't be afraid. It's okay. I don't have bad news. I've got good news. And listen to what he says. Say it's personal. Your own personal Jesus. He says to these low, these low life shepherds, the angel says, I bring you, say me, good news that will bring great joy to all the people. A savior. Yeah, the Messiah. It's happened. The Lord, it's happened. He's been born today, just happened in Bethlehem, the city of David. And shepherds, you, say me, yes, you, you. I bring good news to you. You'll find him. You'll find him by a sign. You will find the baby wrapped in snuggling strips of cloth lying in a manger. And suddenly, and you can't picture this and I can't picture this, but suddenly the angels joined by a vast host of other and armies in the heaven. Just think about this. This isn't a fable. This is fact. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven. Peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angel returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, 
holy crap. No, I'm just kidding. They said, they said, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened. We got, he said, he said to us, remember, he said to us, we're going to see it. He said, we should go. I know we're just shepherds. We have, we're making like minimum wage, but he told us to go. We get to do it. And they run and they go there. And after seeing the shepherds, oh, this is big. Listen, the shepherds told everyone what happened, what the angel said about the child. And all who heard the shepherd's story, they were astonished. So the shepherds, it was very personal to the shepherds. When angels, a host of angels show up and like sing and speak to you directly, it's per it doesn't get more personal than that. So personal that they left their flocks and they ran to Bethlehem to see the king that had been born. So personal that after they saw the king lying there in a manger, all cute and cuddly, they couldn't shut up about him. They told everybody, you've got to see this. You've got to hear this. I know you've seen newborn babies before. And I, I know that every newborn baby is cute, even though that's really not true. But I, I know, but this baby's different. This baby's different. I'm telling you what, he's, he's different. He, he came to do something for us. He came to, he came to make it personal. So, so this Christmas Eve, if you, would if you would say, when John asked, do you believe? If, you, if your answer was, yeah, I believe. I don't believe that Jesus is. I believe in Jesus. Like, I've given my life to Christ. I have surrendered to Jesus. I live for him. I know the reason for the season. I'm a follower of Christ. I am saved by the grace and the blood of Jesus. If that's, if that's your answer, here's the, here's the fact. You won't be able to not tell people about Christmas Eve. You won't be able to not tell people. I'm not saying you're going to be some weirdo in the street with a sandwich sign. My gosh, don't do that. If you do that, do not say you're with Meadows Church. I'm telling you, that's weird. But uh, you will not contain it. You will tell people. You will invite because you're like, oh my gosh, I've got the greatest news in the world. Despite who's on the throne in the, in the United States, despite who's in charge, this isn't my home. And because Jesus came to earth, there's hope for me, not just this side of heaven, but forever. So I have to tell people, I can't shut up about it. I've got to invite you. I've got to send an invite to you. I've got to meet with you. I've got to tell you. They couldn't stop telling people why. Because for them, it was personal. It was my personal Jesus. It was my Savior who had been born. My King had come. My hope was here. And because of that, my greatest days are behind me. My greatest days are ahead of me. It's personal. Shout, it's personal. Shout, it's personal. It's personal. It's personal. And after all that, Verse 19 probably blew me away more than anything else. But Mary, Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Mary treasures the moment that her, her firstborn, her son, is not only her son, but the son of God. And I love how it says she, one, one translation says she, she pondered those things. She held on to those things. Here's the thing about Mary. 33 years later, her firstborn son, she'd watch him die. She'd watch him hang on a cross, suffer for six hours. She was there. That's what she saw. The same Mary. 
she's, and people want to say, oh, but it's Mary and she had this faith. Yes, she was a woman of faith more than probably any of us will ever have, I think. It's just, she's incredible. But I'm going to tell you something. When Jesus stopped breathing, everybody stopped believing. And you know who everybody includes? Mary. And you might be thinking, Pastor, how do you know that she stopped believing in that moment? I can tell you that because three days later, Jesus had, had given the prophecy many times. On the third day, the Son of Man will rise up. On the third day, I will rebuild my temple. On the third day, on the third day, on the third day. Well, if, if everybody didn't stop believing, wouldn't you think that Mary, the mother Mary, she wake up, oh my gosh, it's the third day. Guys, let's go. We got to get to the tomb and we're going to celebrate and we're going to get ready and it's going to burst open and my son's going to be alive. That's not the story. You know what the story is? Mary actually did go to the tomb on the third day with other women. They didn't go to celebrate. They didn't go to see their risen, the, the risen king, the Messiah, the conqueror for Israel. The reason I know that she stopped believing along with everybody else is because they went there carrying spices for a dead body. That's why they went. You can read it in scripture. It says the women went there with spices to anoint a dead body. When you see somebody die the way Jesus died, I don't care what you've been told. You see it. You're not thinking life's going to sprout forth from that. You're thinking this is the dark. This is, I've, never, I've never seen it so dark. He was dead. But I'm going to tell you something. When Mary went to the tomb and she peered into an empty tomb, something started to happen. Soon, do you know eventually what happened? She would embrace she would embrace her resurrected son. And in that moment, Mary knew. In that moment, Mary knew that what the angel said, it was true. My son, he is the son of God. My son, he is the Messiah. My son is the savior of the world. But he wasn't just Mary's savior of the world. He was her personal Savior. Jesus was Mary's personal Jesus. It was so real for her. Mary would end up living with John because of what Jesus said on the cross to both of them. And as John would live with Mary and got to be an old man, he wrote the, the Gospel of John, like we talked about earlier. Do you know that in John's Gospel, he had the most famous quote in the Bible that we, all of you, even if you're not a believer, I bet you've heard it. John 3.16. John, of course, wrote that. That's why it's called John's there. Makes sense. But John 3.16. For God so loved the world. Now, John's writing this. My God so loved the world. This is so personal for me, John is thinking. That he gave his only son. His one and only son. That, and then John does it again. That whoever, he does it again. He combines those words again. He said, whoever believes Whoever believes in, I mean, whoever makes it personal, whoever has their own personal Jesus, they won't perish. It won't matter who's on Capitol Hill. It matters who's in their heart. This isn't my home. They won't perish. They will have eternal life. He said it. But, but here's what I think is wrong. I think we'll stop at John 3, 16 because, oh, that's the gospel right there. And it is. But John 3, 17 is just as beautiful. And just as powerful. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. He didn't. 
He sent Jesus to save the world through him. The reason I love that is because condemnation runs rampant in all of us, if we're honest. Others will condemn us. We will condemn us. We will beat ourselves up. We will walk not in victory, but in defeat. Condemn, what's it even mean? Condemn, to express a strong disapproval of. You ever been so mad at yourself? Think, I'm such a loser. I keep messing up. I don't know why, I don't wanna go there. Why did I go back to that person? Why do I keep going back to that place? Why do I keep acting that way? Why do I keep pulling that up on the internet? Why do I keep doing these things? And we will crush ourselves, we will beat ourselves, we will pummel ourselves to pronounce guilty, to sentence to punishment. Oh my gosh, I got a front row seat to this in my house this week. Earlier in the week, there, uh, I found these clothes from laundry, just clean clothes, crammed in the laundry basket, just crammed in there. And I hate that. I'm like, who, who did that, you know? And, and Ava, my 15-year-old, got in trouble for it weeks earlier because she was doing her, she loves to do her own laundry, and I love that. I'm like, Ava, I love when you do that. I hope you love to vacuum and dust, too. Let's do this, you know? So she does her own laundry, and she does that. But this time, she took out the other laundry because she wanted to get hers done, and she threw it in my room, and it was all crumpled up. Some of it was still wet. And I'm like, okay, who did this? And Ava said she did it. And I said, Ava, we don't, we don't do laundry like this. So if you do this again, I'm going to take money. Now, Ava don't like when money gets taken from her. So that's incentive for Ava, okay? So, so this week, when I found the same problem in a basket, I think, okay. And I asked Ava, Ava, I said, did you do this? It's right by your door. And she's like, no, Dad, I didn't do it. Hmm. I'm like, all right. So I'm like, okay, I'll ask Jake. Now, I've never seen Jake do laundry in my life, but I'm going to ask him. So I asked Jake. Jake's like, what? We have a washer and dryer? Okay, okay. It's, it, it wasn't Jake, okay? It wasn't him. So I asked Jody. I said, Jody, and Jody, I don't, didn't seem like Jody would do that, but I'll ask. And Jody's like, no. I'm like, okay, well, I asked everybody in the house. I mean, I didn't ask our dog, Rudy, but I just gave him the benefit of the doubt. And I'm like, so I go back to Ava. And I know that Ava doesn't want money taken. She doesn't. And I said, Ava, it's right by you. It's right by your door. Okay, I know it was you. So, so tell me, just tell me it was you. And she's like, Dad, no, it wasn't me. And I said, Ava, there's nobody else that did it. Mom's not going to lie about it. Jake had no idea. I said, come on. Just say it, because when you lie, it makes it worse. She knows that we don't, I don't like that. And I said, just admit it. And I'm getting kind of upset. And she knew it. And finally, she came and told me she did it. She's like, fine. And I was like, okay. And I was really upset. I said, not, not only did you not own up to it, then you lie about it. And then, and then you know what I did? This is classic. And then I left for my life group, you know. <laughs> Gonna go learn about Jesus. So I leave for my life group on Tuesday because, you know, I'm all about that. And I get back home, and Jody's like, hey, I did some research on the laundry. I said, yeah? She said it wasn't Ava. I said, what do you mean? It, it had, she's like, no, there were, I won't get into details, but she said another family member had come over to our house to use the laundry, and it was them. So I go to Ava, I go to Ava, she's at the table doing her homework. Do you know what she did? Even when I looked at her, you know what she did? She kind of went down like this, like almost didn't, you know, just in shame. In guilt. Kind of like how they hid in the garden. I walked up to Ava, I said, Ava. And she's, you know what she said? She said, you didn't believe me. 
And I said, I'm sorry. I said, why'd you admit it? Why'd you, I said, why'd you say you did it? She said, I didn't want to be accused anymore. There is no condemnation. I don't know how many times I have to tell my kids, your earthly daddy will let you down. I just wish I wouldn't let him down so much. But I told Ava, your earthly daddy will let you down. And boy, does he. But I said, your heavenly daddy, he will never let you down. He will never condemn you like I did. He doesn't accuse you like I accuse you. He'll never do that. He won't do it. You know why? I know that your God won't do it. My God won't do it. And your God, Abel, won't do it. Because God says, there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. That's what the Lord tells us. There is no condemnation for those who have their own personal Jesus. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. This is why we celebrate Christmas. Why? Because God sent his son not to condemn the world, but to save the world. And not just to save the world, but to save you and save you and save you. It's personal. Shout, it's personal. Give him praise. I need to hear you. Thank you, Father, for making it personal, for not coming to be the Savior, but for coming to be my Savior and your Savior. I'm going to close by telling you that my prayer today is that if you, don't, if you don't have your own personal Jesus, and the, and the Holy Spirit will, will tell you if you do or don't pray to him. If Christmas, it, I mean, you believe that it happened and that it's good, but it, it, does, it hasn't impacted you personally, it can change today. Ask the Holy Spirit to come into you and make you new. Ask him to forgive you. He will. He's not like me. He won't condemn you. The accuser, you know who the accuser is? It's actually the devil. It's a name for him. But Jesus won't do it. God won't do it. He'll forgive you regardless of where you've been, regardless of what you've done. He'll forgive you. Ask him to do that. Ask him to set you free online. Do it. Type, I choose Jesus in the comments. I don't just say this to say it. I, I'm telling you, your own personal Jesus in you. In you. And for everybody here, when Jesus is personal, you will be a shepherd, you will invite, you will tell others. This is our week, church. This is it. People have never been more receptive in a jacked up world for hope and life and light. This is our time. I pray that you will invite to online Christmas Eve service. I pray that you will come back next week. And I want to pray for you right now as I close. Father, I, I, we heard the Christmas story and it is radical and it is crazy and it's got you all over it. This is my prayer, short and sweet. We need our own personal Jesus. Jesus didn't die to be the Savior. He died to be our Savior. And that means that we want you in us, not around us, not just when we celebrate you, but 
in us, in our struggle, in our hurt, in, in, in our mess. We want you, God. Enter into us and make us new, God. Give us the courage and, the, and the, 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 the drive to invite, to tell people about you. God, for the people here that are hurting or suffering or struggling, right now they feel the emotion. They feel the Holy Spirit. They feel you doing something in them. God, as we worship, as we sing together, I pray that their first step won't be out the doors. It'll be up to the stage where the prayer team will be waiting to love them and walk with them. God, let them take that next step, whatever it is. And here's the fact, and we know this now because we know the whole story we know father it didn't just stop at christmas it went from christmas to the cross but it doesn't stop at the cross it goes to an empty tomb this is the christmas story father we know now that your son mary's son our messiah our personal jesus we know now and we can see it that his destiny it was the cross his purpose was love but church I'm telling you online I'm telling you who's ever listening or watching I'm telling you his reason was you if you believe in that and receive that one more praise to our God our Lord Jesus Christ he loves you church did you hear that he loves you and when I say he loves you I mean you and you, and you, it's personal. At least he wants it to be. I love you so much. But like I always tell you, and like you heard from the story, my love is conditional. You've got a God who loves you so much more. Sell out to him. Sell out to Christmas. In Jesus' name I pray, and we all say, amen. Thanks so much for watching today, but don't stop there. We want to invite you to be part of our Meadows family. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe to our Meadows YouTube channel. That way you don't miss a single video, update, or message. And not only that, share this message with a friend. I encourage you. So many people are looking for hope and encouragement, and you and I have the ability to bring it to them. So again, thanks for watching, and God bless you.